ladies and gentlemen, your host, Billy Dean Shoemate Third here, and welcome back to another episode of Strange Places. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor and DistroKid. Before we get into it, I want to thank you guys very, very much for your listenership, for checking out the podcast and uh, seeing it's just insane growth. I never thought that uh, this little podcast was would do as well as it is, and uh, I'm just eternally grateful that you keep coming back every week. You keep checking it out. And, um, that's, that's just awesome. I I really appreciate it. So today getting into it today, we're going to travel to New Jersey. Now there is a place in New Jersey, formerly the home of Derek Broaddus and family that is part of a mystery that is to this day, completely unsolved and a mystery that I don't think will ever be solved. It's one of the strangest of the strange places, and I was excited to talk to you about this one. I've been wanting to do this one since episode one. I just, uh, I actually, uh, I I wanted this to be one of the original episodes, but, you know, things happen and other ideas come up and stuff like that, but uh, this is a story I'm fascinated by. As you can see by the title, I named it The Watcher House. Let me explain. This is uh, one... Hell of a story and uh, <laughs> really, really creepy kind of mystery here, something that's entirely unsolved. Now, this is not a strange place that we are able to debunk or able to say this merits further study or, you know, what we what we normally do because we have evidence for this one. This one happened. But what happened is no shortage of strange Derek Broaddus and his family thought they were moving into their dream home until a series of disturbing letters signed by The Watcher scared them out of it. Yes, this really happened. Allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. Hmm? Derek and Maria Broaddus couldn't have been more happy to move into their dream house at 657 Boulevard in the affluent, well-to-do town of Westfield, New Jersey. As the couple was preparing to settle into the $1.3 million home with their three kids, they received a disturbing note in the mail. Signed only The Watcher, the letter had no return address, but whoever wrote it seemed to have been watching the Broadduses very, very carefully. The letter said, in part, and I quote, I already see that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Hmm. Tisk, 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 the letter says. Bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. It's odd. First of, you know, as he was writing, as he was uh, reading the letter, Derek brought us, he kind of wrote it off as a prank and, you know, maybe just one of the neighbor's being cheeky or somebody messing with him. But as he read on, things got a little more disturbing. The watcher noted the Broaddus' three children and asked if there were more on the way. The letter said, Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Ah, gets weirder. And in the weeks that followed, these bizarre messages from the Watcher grew more and more threatening until the Broadduses backed out of the move altogether. Who was this so-called Westfield Watcher? That's what we should call the episode, actually. I'm going to call it the Westfield Watcher. 
While Derek brought us maintains that an unhinged and dangerous neighbor may have sent the unsettling letters. Others believe that the Broadduses may have even created the Watcher themselves. Just to give you some kind of background here, before they bought what's now known as the Watcher House in 2014, the Broadduses were an average, you know, just suburban family. Maria Broaddus grew up in Westfield, New Jersey, just blocks away from the house at 657 Boulevard, located about, I'd say... I've been in that area before. Uh, I'd say about 45 minutes or so from New York City. The town of Westfield is a sleepy suburb where the biggest gossip before the Watcher came on the scene was, you know, the collapse of Trader Joe's roof, (laughs) right? It's one of those places. According to The Cut, residents viewed Westfield as a real-life Mayberry, the fictional small town that served as a backdrop to the Andy Griffith show. Now, this is no bullshit either. This was known as uh, one of the safest towns to live in the entire United States. It, uh, the website Neighborhood Scout listed it as one of the top 30 safest communities in America in 2014. As of 2019, had a median household income of $159,923. Holy cow. <laughs> I don't even make a fraction of that. But yeah, still seen as one of the safest neighborhoods around this affluent suburb has been the scene of other horrors in the past believe it or not in 1970 a man named john list infamously murdered his wife mother and three children in their westfield home not this same house the horrifying crime had since become a distant memory and most people in westfield felt secure in their community once again Derek Broaddus, on the other hand, had grown up in Maine in a working-class family, but from his humble beginnings, he worked his butt off. He worked his way up to a position as a senior vice president, a Manhattan insurance company. And um, he was able to really put his nose to the grindstone and make a better life for his family. Good for him. Pretty awesome. Not one of those guys that was born into money, but worked his tail off to get it. Which makes this whole circumstance even more... Um, heartbreaking for them, right? Because he got to where he could buy a home like this. And yeah, well, we'll get into it. I'm not going to tell you too much right now, but <laughs> I'm going to tell you piece by piece as things kind of went along. In June 2014, after Derek celebrated his 40th birthday, the couple closed on the six-bedroom house at 657 Boulevard and began making renovations to move in with their five, eight, and 10-year-old children. Then, the Watcher letters started. Now, at the, it was at this time that the Watcher, you know, like I said, sent the first letter. It's crazy. In one letter, the Watcher wrote, It will help me know who was in which bedroom, then I can plan better. The hell does that mean? I guess way more cryptic than that, too. I mean, the first letter arrived at the Watcher house on a June evening. Derek Broaddus was uh, painting a few walls at his family's new home. After finishing up, he checked the mail to discover a white card-sized envelope addressed in thick handwriting to the new owner. The typed letter started off with warm words of welcome, but soon devolved into bizarre and threatening passages that described how the author had watched the house for decades. 
The letter writer claimed that their father and grandfather before them had also watched the house at 657 Boulevard, which was built in 1905. Yeah. He said his grandfather was tasked with watching it, his father was tasked with watching it, and now that job, that mission, had been passed on to him. Do you know the history of the house, the watcher wrote? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. The letter also said, I asked the woods to bring me young blood and it looks like they listened, referring to the house's previous owners. Which the uh, previous owner said that they, uh, well, let me get, I'll get into that. <laughs> well, since I already let the cat out of the bag there, not going to go back and cut that. The previous owners did receive a letter from the watcher, but only slightly, or like a little bit before they moved out. And I think they were at that house for 20 something years. They were there for a long time. Now, the letter that was sent to uh, Derek and his family said, I asked the woods to bring me young blood, and it looks like they listened. That's crazy. Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. Now listen to that. Once I know the children's names, I will call to them and draw them unto me. At first, this is just being unsettled, but when the watcher mentioned the children, that's when the line was crossed. Unsettled. As anybody would be, Derek Broaddus called the Westfield police who recommended moving any construction equipment outside of the house um, in case the watcher became emboldened enough to throw it through one of the home's windows. That's all they were concerned about, apparently. The police also advised Broaddus not to say anything to other neighbors yet, as they were now all suspects. Well, I guess they did take it seriously. Window thing I thought was kind of odd. The Broadduses next contacted the Woods family who sold them the damn house. Andrea Woods confirmed getting an odd note signed The Watcher, but said she had dismissed it as harmless and thrown it away. And this was right before they moved. They were there for 23 years, never heard from The Watcher once. But Derek and Maria Broaddus couldn't shake their fear that they were indeed being watched. And um, I'm actually looking at places of the interior. Pretty beautiful house. Will the young blood play in the basement? Or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Yeah, that was in one of the letters. The second letter from the watcher arrived two weeks after the first one. This time, it was addressed to the Broadduses by name, and the author listed their three children by birth order and nickname just to show that he wasn't BSing. Crazy. The Watcher mentioned an easel that one of their daughters had set up on a porch only visible from the side or rear of the house, asking, is she the artist in the family? Additionally, the second letter made more oblique references to something hidden in the walls of the house and thanked the Broadduses for bringing more young blood. Pretty wild, huh? After getting a second letter, Derek and Maria began to feel downright panicked at this point edgy around all the new neighbors who they saw as potential stalkers. They put their renovations on hold and stopped taking their, you know, they, they stopped taking their kids to other people's houses. Like, you know, they stopped having the their kids hang out with the neighborhood kids. I Man, they were freaking out. Third letter arrived just another two weeks later. Where have you gone to? 
657 Boulevard is missing you. That's what it said. What's freaky is that um, the watcher made reference to there's a lot of cars that drive past the house. More than likely, I'll be in one of them. There's a lot of people that walk down the sidewalk day after day. More than likely, I'm one of them. And he said, if I look out a certain window, I could see your house from here. So he was somewhere close, or supposedly somewhere close. Now, deeply, deeply disturbed and troubled by the letters, the Broadduses continued to reach out to Westfield police. Detective Leonard Hugo led the investigation for a time. Oh, I'm sorry, Leonard Lugo. I don't know why I wrote that with an H. Leonard Lugo. <laughs> sorry about that. For a time, Lugo suspected the next-door neighbor. Uh, his name was Michael Langford. He was diagnosed with uh, schizophrenia. But DNA found on one of the envelopes indicated that it was a woman had sealed the letter with her saliva. The sample didn't match anyone from the Langford house. Furthermore, Michael Langford denied any involvement, and his family backed him up. He also apparently had an airtight alibi. There was no way they said he could have written such threatening notes. But isn't that weird that the watcher's letters were sealed with, uh, were sealed by a woman? Look in the envelope. Interesting. Desperate for answers, the Broadduses enlisted a slew of experts to investigate. Derek reached out to the real-life FBI agent who actually inspired the character of Clarice Starling in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Uh-huh. That FBI agent. He was on a, a school board of trustees and knew this FBI agent. The Broadduses also tapped former FBI agent uh, Rom, uh, I can never pronounce this guy's name right, Robert Leon, Leahan, some shit like that, <laughs> to do a threat assessment on the letters. His analysis showed that the writer was likely an older person based on vocabulary and the habit of double spacing after a period, which is kind of not really a thing now. Leonin continued that the letter writer didn't appear overtly threatening, but their obviously erratic thoughts could suggest a dangerous unpredictability. They also hired the security firm Kroll to look for handwriting matches to the envelopes. Nothing came about it. Still determined to get answers, the family hired a forensic linguist and former member of the band Shananov. Wow, there's a lot of name drops in this thing. <laughs> They're a rich family, but damn. Robert Leonard, okay, to scour local forums for language patterns that resembled the mysterious watcher's notes. All these efforts, I mean, everything that they did came to zilch. Despite assembling an incredible investigative team, the Broadduses had zero answers. At the end of the day, it came down to, what are you willing to risk, Maria Broaddus said. We weren't going to put our kids in harm's way. Well, I don't blame you. Another quote from the letter. Uh, here it is. Okay, I was looking for this one earlier. Now I'll read it verbatim. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are too... That's uh, kind of difficult to read there. It looks like it's smudged. I'm reading the actual letter, by the way. Family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Finally, six months after the first letter arrived, Derek and Maria put the house on the market, asking for a bit more than they had paid as they assumed their renovations would raise the value. However, 
by this time, the local rumor mill had uh, really caught wind of this thing. Uh, they disclosed the bizarre watcher letters to potential buyers, uh, just, I guess, kind of doing the right thing, you know, and with it being in the local kind of mythos at the time, every offer fell through. No one wanted anything to do with that house. Later in 2015, the Broadus has filed a lawsuit, actually, against the Woods family for not disclosing to them the letter that they had received from the watcher before the sale. In 2017, a New Jersey judge actually threw the suit out, saying it could set an unreasonable precedent for what sellers would have to disclose. Yeah, um, I don't know. It kind of, they only got one. I, I, yeah, I kind of see both sides. Right. I mean, they only got one letter from the watcher. Um, the watcher, even in his first letter, wasted no time being threatening and scary and creepy, which if I was selling a house to somebody, I would probably fucking mention that. But uh, I, I kind of see I kind of see both sides. I mean, it was um, they could have just written it off as. Someone being crazy. I mean, it wasn't until the Broadduses moved in that the Watcher had sent multiple letters and not 23 years later and they're getting ready to move. You know what I mean? So meanwhile, some people in the community started to wonder if the Broadduses weren't sending the letters to themselves in order to get out of a house they really couldn't afford. As one resident told Gothamist, how can a couple with a $300,000 house at the time and Scotch Plains and a $175,000 mortgage 10 years ago have $1.1 million mortgage? Some people were suggesting that they kind of went, went over their heads a little bit. What's crazy is that in, in 2016, okay, the Broadus has made a brief effort to have the house torn down and redevelop the lot. The plans were not approved. It's like they were blocked <laughs> no matter where they went. A final letter from the watcher did arrive, threatening to exact revenge on them if they defaced the house. Wow. Wow. Kind of sounds strange to me that this, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of analyze the watcher here maybe after this. <laughs> I want to get really into the meat of it. The letter said, and I quote, Maybe a car accident. Maybe a fire. Maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet. Loved ones suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycles crash. Bones break. It went on to say, You wonder who the watcher is? Turn around, idiots. Huh. After years on the market... The Watcher House actually it finally sold. 2019, with the Broadduses raking in... Oh, man. This hurts saying it. It did sell in 2019. The Broadduses took a $440,000 loss. Oh, ouch. And uh, as for theories that the Broadduses faked the Watcher, Derek Broaddus flatly denies it. As he told the cut, this person attacked my family where I'm from. If you do that, it's on. There's a silver lining for the family, though. According to Deadline, Netflix bought the rights to this story in 2019. And, um, it's yeah, it's a hell of a story. Though this, this is something, it's never been solved. The Watcher hasn't sent a letter yet, that we know about anyway, to the new tenants. And we never found out who the Watcher was. 
is it a crazy person? Is it somebody that feels like there's something messed up in the house? I mean, what's crazy is, okay, is it's, it's this person. Uh, why are they watching the house in the first place? If, if this is legit, if this is true, why are they watching the house, right? They know that there's something in the walls, what have you. You would say they're protecting the Broadduses, but he spends half the time threatening them, <laughs> saying that people brought him new blood. And uh, these letters are so random, and they're kind of all over the place. I know that the letter was sealed. It, it was sealed by a, a, a... They found out it's a woman's saliva that sealed those, sealed those letters in those envelopes. But I'm really, uh, it just sounds like somebody schizophrenic to me. It sounds like somebody to me with a legitimate mental problem. There was a schizophrenic neighbor. Schizophrenia is, I, I suppose, a fairly common thing. Maybe there's somebody else. There's over 200, 200 neighbors, you know, in that area. But the watcher did say that he was able to see that home from where he was. Goddamn, watcher could have been anybody. Anybody. But it just seems, I don't know, what the Watcher is saying seems a little random. My grandfather watched it, my father watched it before me, and now I am tasked with watching the house. For what? You obviously are not a big fan of the tenants there, right? Now, saying that you brought them new blood and saying that people are going to get hurt and accidents may happen and shit like that. And you're treating the house as if uh, it's some kind of great talisman with a terrible secret. What gets me is that if there was something in the walls, don't you think the remodeling crew would have found out about it? Would have found something? Huh? I mean, it's a big house. They probably didn't tear every wall down. But I figured, you know, fucking contractors working there for months would know something. Who was the watcher? What is hidden in the walls of that house? And why would it necessitate the need for three generations of people keeping an eye on it? Why was the family threatened? You got to think about that. I mean, it was very, it's very threatening letter. It's just, there's just a lot of stuff that's off kilter to me about this. So many things that just seems really random. This doesn't seem to me like... Uh, the work of somebody who has their mental faculties intact. I, I I really don't believe this. Now, Derek Broaddus actually got in trouble before they moved of writing typed letters to the neighbors. Yeah, this actually happened. A lot of people were saying, oh, I think he was the watcher trying to get out of the debt or get out of this or that. You know, buyer's remorse for the house maybe, and he's trying to get out of the deal and everything had already closed, you know. But... Derek Broaddus says that he was trying to shake things up in the neighborhood and see if he could um, frighten the watcher into silence, making the watcher think, oh, he's got his own, uh, you know, people, his own connections to where he could play this game too. But the watcher letters kept coming. And Derek, that was a stupid move on your part. If these watcher letters were not written by you, maybe you shouldn't have sent letters yourself. It's a neighbor's. <laughs> but in which you're dealing with somebody that unhinged, I don't think a letter's going to solve squat, which it, it didn't seem to. Did Broadus write the letter? I think it's plausible. I think he very well could have. 
But this is something that I don't think we're ever going to have an answer for. This is something that's going to remain unsolved for a long time. Is there going to be another generation of Watcher? I don't know. Nobody sent any letters or anything yet. And what was interesting... See, I don't think the Watcher is a very... Uh, is a terribly old person. I think the Watcher is probably approaching middle age. The reason I say that is because, uh, more specifically in the letter, uh, he said his father watched the place during the 60s. Obviously making him too young to be the Watcher in the 60s, right? So by now, uh, this person is in their, you know, mid, late 50s, early 60s by now, probably. Maybe we'll get another generation of Watcher, yeah? But I thought it was weird, you know, that uh, there's there's so many ins and outs of this thing. Being very threatening, very forceful, very ominous and creepy. Like it's some kind of mission, like it's some kind of task to watch the house, to make sure that something happens or something doesn't happen. Or trying to keep this ground sanctified and hallowed. And the arrival of these neighbors disrupted whatever the Watcher's mission was. I know this is a, not a case that we usually do on Strange Places, but, you know, the fucking podcast is called Strange Places, right? I want to talk about strange places, whether it be paranormal or UFOs or whatever, or unsolved things like this. Crimes, unsolved, uh, you know, I, I don't know how this would go in a criminal court, this particular thing, <laughs> but unsolved stuff. Will we ever know who that watcher is? I, I don't think so. I really don't think so. Now, let me uh, look into a little bit more here because I had some stuff on my notes that I found very interesting. I want to pull up some photos. Hear me clacking away? <laughs> okay. I want to see these letters in full. Okay, I'll listen to this. This is crazy. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? How the hell would Broadus know what he requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family, or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them unto me. The envelope said... Uh, who am I? There are hundreds of cars that drive by, hundreds of people that walk by, right? And this uh, this didn't get dropped in the mailbox. It was 10 p.m. when Derek Broaddus noticed it. But he had checked the mail earlier that day around 2, 3 o'clock. So this happened. Uh, no one had left for the day. This happened while he was home. That takes some balls, man. Listen to this. 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement? I read that part already. Will they sleep in the attic? Or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedroom facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It'll help me know who is in which bedroom, then I can plan better. Plan for what? All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the Watcher, and have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. Says he's watching it, now he's saying in control of it. This is bizarre. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them, I asked them to. 
Ah, does that make you think? You know, I mean, the watcher is saying that he orchestrated the sale of the house, that somehow he was in favor with the Woods family. No, you know, doesn't explain how. And the Woods just, uh, you know, did not mention the letters from the watcher or anybody like that. The letter says, I pass by many times a day. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is just really, that, that would make my blood chill. It says the house is crying from all the pain it is going through. This is when they were doing the remodeling. You've changed it and made it so fancy you're stealing its history. It's cries for the past and what used to be in the time when I roamed its halls. When I roamed its halls. Sounds like a previous tenant. The 1960s were a good time for 657 Boulevard when I ran from room to room, imagining the life with the rich occupants there. So I guess what? He used to sneak in? Or maybe he had a buddy that he hung out with there. That's that's that's, that's a weird sentence. The house was full of life and young blood. Then it got old and so did my father. But he kept watching until the day he died. And now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. Doesn't it? It's this seems it doesn't seem like a man on a mission to me. This just seems uh, just random and crazy. There's nothing solid here. It sounds like he's kind of jumping from one foot to the next. I can't really put my finger on what he's saying. You know what I mean? What his mission is, what he's supposed to be doing. It says, 657 Boulevard is turning on me. It is coming after me. I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? It used to be my friend, and now it is my enemy. How you listen, listen to, I mean, you're, you're feeling that vibe too, right? I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass and for you to bring the young blood back to me. Fucking weird. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. It needs you. Come back. Let the young blood play again like I once did. Yet let the young blood sleep and 657 Boulevard stop changing it and let it alone. Huh. Uh, my take on it, uh, <laughs> probably just some older crazy person you know that's that's what it sounds like to me a lot of people say well is it this is it this this really sounds like you know there could be something going on with the house is there anything paranormal and they, nothing was ever reported nothing was ever recorded as far as um you know stuff like that um <laughs> uh, crazy man the letter writer had clearly been infected not only with the watcher's penchant for anonymous notes whoever was doing this because there were some sent to a couple other neighbors after the Broadus has moved out. Now these are not confirmed like Derek Broadus's case. There were watchers, uh, watcher letters after that can't confirm those, unfortunately. And in my opinion, when I was looking at the typing, uh, even the typing looks different. I think people were trying to capitalize on this whole thing. Which is, you know, very possible. I don't know if Derek himself did this. A family with grown children, okay, two big dogs, had agreed to rent 657 uh, while they were getting ready to move. The renter told the Star Ledger he wasn't worried about the watcher, though he had a clause in the lease that let him out in case of another letter. Two weeks later, Derek went to 657 to deal with squirrels that had taken up residence on the roof. The renter handed him an envelope that had just arrived. It said, 
violent winds and bitter cold to the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife, Maria. Hmm. Needless to say, the renter hauled ass. <laughs> so the actual watcher letters, you know, are, are confirmed. Telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions, yes? Which is another thing that the letter said. If you want it in some context, I watched as you watched from the dark house in an attempt to find me. Telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions. And the attempt to tear down the house, 657 Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. That's what it says. My soldiers of the boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders. If this thing's coming after you, why the hell do you want it saved? I mean, he wants, he thinks it's turning on him or whatever, but he wants it to return to its former glory, right? That's, that's what I'm gathering. The renter was mentioned. He was spooked but agreed to stay if the Broadduses installed cameras around the house. And the letter indicated... Revenge could come in many forms if they put cameras up. So, yeah. Renner, uh, he, uh, <laughs> as I probably would in that situation, uh, just hauled ass. There hasn't been anything reported since. Will there be? Time will tell. But the mystery of the Watcher is still, to this day, a mystery. There's theories that I have. There's theories that everybody has. Who may have done it? Who may have not have done it? Fact of the matter is, this is one hell of a creepy story and a complete mystery and one that absolutely fascinates me. So what do you guys think about The Watcher? Do you have your own theories? Have you heard about the story before? Is there anything that you want me to tackle next week on Strange Places? Let me know, man. Huh? Let me know. Go to Asylum817.com. That's Asylum817.com for all things Strange Places related. All the social media links are there as well as the link to get to our Patreon account where you can get early access to shows, bonus things, giveaways of certain tiers, all kinds of crap. There's something for everybody on there as little as a dollar a month. Uh, the patrons who are making the show go, got a shout out to you, the Kunkel Homestead YouTube channel. Donald Haynes, David Peterson, I love you guys. Thank you so much for, you guys are really keeping the show going for real. And I'm eternally grateful. So, listeners, I know there's a lot of you because Strange Places is doing really well. <laughs> uh, send me a message on there, okay? Uh, send me a message through your uh, app listening service of, ch of choice. And let me know what you want to hear about. Yeah, shoot me topics. Is there something going on in your hometown? Is there a family story? Is something like this who might not be paranormal and supernatural, but uh, something unsolved and crazy? We need to expand and do more stuff like that as well, uh, which I think is very welcome to strange places. We're going to keep our core of what the show is, but we need to talk about places like this too where just weird shit happened, be it paranormal or not. But anyway, guys, uh, I will catch you later. Thanks for listening again, and we'll see you next time. Are we ever going to run out of strange places? I don't think so. Because every town has a strange place, and maybe one day we'll visit yours. The Strange Places podcast is brought to you by DistroKid. 
DistroKid is a music label for truly independent artists. They will distribute and share your music on every streaming platform the internet has to offer. And the best part is that you keep all of your royalties. In fact, DistroKid has made history, marking the first time that an artist on the charts made 100% of their earnings. This is the music industry's worst nightmare, giving indie artists complete control over their art. For only 20 bucks a year, you can upload unlimited music and with the split feature, you can split a percentage of the earnings to your bandmates. If you click the affiliate link in this episode's description, you get 7% off the first year. But did I mention that after that, it's only 20 bucks a freaking year? I've been a musician for a long time. My music is heard all over the world and yours should be too. Click the link in this episode's description to not only support Strange Places, but put control of your own music back into your hands. No contracts, no hidden clauses, no lovely coin men in their lovely, lovely suits. Thanks to DistroKid for being a sponsor and giving this old dog an audience.